0: Hello everyone, welcome to Oh Wow! The Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK, starting from the very beginning. I'm your host, Augustine, and today we are getting into the final two episodes of Season 4. I'm going to do Episode 7, Effie, and Episode 8, everyone, all in one big podcast, because I feel like they really flow into each other, and also... Personally, I accidentally watched the season finale before watching Effie's episode. So, kind of gives me an interesting perspective on how everything went down because I had to watch it backwards. But anyway, so that's what we're doing today. It's going to be a longer episode to cover everything. And then at the end of this episode, I'll be taking a break for the holidays all the way through past New Year's. So, we'll be back with the third generation, which is season five after the holidays because I cannot watch Skins over the holidays. That sounds really depressing. So that's the plan. That's what we're doing today. And I also just wanted to say thank you guys so much, everyone who's listening. I really love this community that we've built and this podcast just brings so much joy into my life, even though I'm like complaining about some of the episodes and some of the characters. It's just so fun to have something to look forward to and thinking about starting this podcast during a really low point in my depression in February and how it's been almost a full year. I've just been doing a lot of reflecting and I really appreciate you guys. This has been such a light in my life and brought me so much joy. So hopefully it brings you a little joy as well. So let's get into it. So we open episode seven with picking up on effie's mental health journey she's in the hospital she's talking with her doctor her therapist john foster and they're discussing tony and he wants her to talk about what happened with the bus accident and the trauma associated with that and she's really not interested in talking about it but he kind of pushes her and he says okay just close your eyes and pretend that the bus never hit tony pretend that these bad things didn't happen and imagine that and I'm not a therapist so I can't really give a professional opinion on his approach but I do have a psych degree so I have like some form of education on the field and I will say that his approach is definitely unconventional and kind of reminds me of some newer therapy techniques that I'm slightly critical of and so I'm very skeptical about his approach with just telling her close your eyes and you know personally I've been doing therapy weekly one-on-one for a year now and my therapist has never said just close your eyes and pretend that the bad thing didn't happen to you I would see that as a concerning piece of advice so she does that and we see people are like visiting Effie in the hospital we'll see that throughout the next episode too so Naomi comes to visit and she basically just says I don't know what's going on with Emily what do I do and so we don't know if Emily and Naomi are gonna break up are they gonna stay together OMG the big drama I will say that Naomi and Effie's friendship is very sweet. We don't see much of them in scenes alone together, outside of maybe the pajama party, so it's cute to see their friendship. They're just, like, nice gal pals for each other, and they both have a lot of struggles, so I think that makes them have a little bit of a bond. Back to Foster. He tells Effie that she's ready to go home, and she does not agree, and... I wonder if he's trying to sabotage her or what the deal is, only because he's so off-putting that we just get a sketchy vibe right away. The way he looks at her is just, like, way too intense, and so right away I'm questioning him, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Effie does go home, and we see that Anthea has totally rearranged her room. It's sterile, white, there's a big whiteboard calendar on the wall, so Effie can schedule out every couple hour block of her day for the week, and all of her party stuff is just shoved into this closet. So Effie's really, literally getting a fresh start. It seems like Effie's really trying to stay on the straight and narrow, and take her mental health seriously so that's good to see she fills out the calendar and puts in some spaces to see freddy which is sweet and in fact she goes to visit freddy and he's looking greasier than ever like he has not showered in two weeks or changed his clothes freddy always just looks smelly to me i think that's one of his personality traits she tells him about the treatment from john foster and freddy's questioning it right away which in this scene kind of just makes him look like a douchebag because she seems to be feeling so much better and he's basically just saying oh what this guy just took everything away from you took all your memories away from you and took your personality away from you so he's being a little accusatory for what knowledge he has like i feel as if he could be a bit more supportive but that's okay they end up kissing and they're trying to work things out and stay together Then Panda calls Effie, and they're reunited, and of course, we love the Panda-Effie friendship. They're so cute, and Panda's just back to her happy-go-lucky self, saying, Oh, I'm useless! Like, they're getting their exam grades, and we remember, in the first generation, getting the exam grades is such a huge deal, and it's not as dramatized in this generation, but it's definitely still a big deal, and I appreciate that. They took the time to really put the grades opening scenes in this episode so also panda's outfit is so cute she has this like purple striped shirt with a little green and purple dress and then purple patterned leggings and she just looks so adorable she's in like full pandora mode and it makes me very happy to see panda got a c on her exam which i guess is fine whatever and effie goes back into mr blood's office and he hands her this fake exam record that has all a's because he wants the school to stay open i guess like they want to get funding and i don't know why it would specifically be effie that they give the straight a's to, because it seems like everyone else has mediocre grades but maybe they just figure they can swing the grading curve with effie since she has a good excuse for being out anyway she's feeling really weird about it she doesn't want to lie it doesn't seem like a good start to being on this straight and narrow path to be immediately lying about her grades and she kind of loses it when she goes to the pub where everyone's opening their grades and everyone has b's and c's and freddie somehow got an a and thomas is funny he's like i got expelled (laughs) And Effie just says, I can't do this, I can't be with you, you are good people, but maybe it's too triggering for her to be in the same environment with the same people that led to her mental breakdown, and it seems like this treatment with Dr. Foster is telling her to basically stay away from anything that reminds her of the bad memories, which is going to be all of these people and all of these places that they go. Effie just sort of leaves in a tizzy, and everyone's wondering what the fuck just happened. And of course, Cook is just outside in the rain, smoking a spliff. Why is he there? We don't know. He's just chillin'. And he talks to Effie. They have a little bit of a famous, Tumblrized scene where he says, "'If I had to start from the beginning, I'd do it all again.'" the fucks, the fuck-ups, i do it all again, and she says, what do you mean? And he says, I still love you. So, I don't know, I guess I'm now officially involved in the Freddie cook effie love triangle, it just took until almost the end of the fourth season for me to actually care, but now I kind of am, like, maybe Cook is better for her, I don't know. But at this point, it doesn't really matter, because we're almost at the end, so... She has another session with Foster. He's really creepy. And then Freddie stops by the Stoneham house. And he's like, what the fuck? Why did you leave last night? You said that you loved me the day before. And then you're saying we can't be together. And Effie's starting to get confused and in her head again. And she's saying, I can't. Like, I went mad when I was with you. I went crazy. It made me crazy. That's not what love is supposed to do. And he kisses her and says, that's exactly what love is supposed to do. But it's like... Love isn't supposed to give you psychotic depression episodes and make you, like, want to kill yourself. So, I would disagree with Freddie on that one, but I understand the teenage romance of it all. She goes upstairs and takes her pills and is looking for Pato, which is her stuffed giraffe, and we see that Effie's starting to freak out again. She's getting really anxious, she's, like, throwing all of the shit out of the closet, and she collects it all outside and throws kerosene on it, and she starts burning all of her old party stuff, everything about her old life, literally and symbolically just getting rid of the past. And this is where I think that those treatments that try to just erase the past or take your memories and neutralize them, I don't think they're ever really going to work because it's like those things did happen. Whatever happened to you, is what happened and you can change how you cope with it and you can learn how to manage the stress of bad memories but you can't just like eternal sunshine yourself and erase all the memories even of bad things because it's what makes you your life story so she says i need john and she goes to the park and is sitting with Cook, and it's starting to get weird. I think that she's playing off of what he said outside the pub when he was like, if I could start all over again, I would. But it's hard to tell if it's that, if she's trying to be, like, flirty and start over again with him, or if she's actually just mentally like, nope, I'm a new person now, nothing in the past happened. It's hard to say. Because he's like, oh, F, and she says, who's F? And he says, okay, what's your name? And she says, Elizabeth. And he's kind of playing along with it. But I think she's being serious, and I think she really is just like, nope, I don't know anything about the past. I completely erased it out of my memories. Either way, he kind of plays along, and they act like they're just meeting, and they go to a party together, she's dancing with him, they're stumbling out, and then... They end up in the spot where the bus hit Tony, and it all comes flooding back to her, and she just totally, totally loses it because all of those memories come flooding back. And she just goes in the middle of the street with cars coming, and she's just screaming, I want to be scared, I want to be scared, like, come on. And I think this is such a powerful scene, like, it's better to have real feelings based on what happened than have nothing and have no identity of who you are, and have no clue, like, and and just try to get rid of everything from your past. It freaks me out so much, like, that kind of therapy freaks me out so badly. She begs Cook to take her to Freddy and together cook and freddie managed to get her back to the hospital because they know that she needs to be there to get care and she says she doesn't want foster anymore as a doctor which right on (laughs) good call obviously his treatment methods have fucked her up so i think that's a smart decision and freddie tells foster to fuck off and that they don't want him anymore and foster's like but she's my patient and Freddie's like fuck off dude so foster calls freddy and says to meet him at his house which i'm like Freddie, why would you go like what is the point of going what conversation are you possibly going to have what benefit would this be but whatever freddy's kind of a ding dong anyway so he goes to foster's and they sit in the office and it's really Menacing, and even Freddy's like, This is creepy. And Foster is like, This is just how I operate, and my patients are my livelihood. So maybe he just sees Effie as like a cash grab, along with being in love with her. <laughs> and Freddy goes to leave, but the door is locked, and the famous scene of Foster grabbing the baseball bat and fucking. Beating Freddy to death in the stairway. And That's where this episode ends. So, that happens, and I'm happy to do the season finale, too, because I feel like I couldn't possibly just end here. There's so much more to talk about, and so much that comes of this, so... That's the end of episode seven. Honestly, mostly just Effie being in the hospital and us learning about how creepy Foster is. And I think it's a decent standalone episode, but I really think it works best with the season finale. So we're going to get into the season four finale, episode eight, everyone, right now. Episode eight opens with Thomas going on a run. Typical skins. Also, Cook is fucking some random girl, doing his grab-my-balls bit. The last time we're gonna see Cook scream, grab-my-balls, it's really gonna be the end of an era. And Emily wakes up with Mandy. They kind of uh, appear to have had some sort of relations the night before, and she's all confused. Thomas's run is getting very intense, Uh, apparently Thomas is a runner, he's a track star, and he's literally at the school track, so apparently that's something he's picked up. Karen finds a note from Freddie that he left, and she's confused. I don't know how long it's been since anyone's seen Freddie, but apparently no one's concerned too badly at this point, so... And then finding this note, it seems like maybe he just got overwhelmed by everything that happened with Effie, and he, like, ran away for a while. I would be filing a missing persons report after, like, 24 hours, but I guess we're not turning into a true crime here, so Karen's just kind of, like, weird, why did Freddie leave? And we go back to Effie in the hospital room, Katie's been sleeping there, it seems like everyone's just taking turns visiting Effie. Like, in the last episode, we kind of saw that, so that's nice. Good friends. Also, I noticed in this scene that Kaya's... I don't know how to say her last name. Kaya Scodelario, is that how you say it? Is really tall, which I always feel like I thought of Effie as being really short and petite, but she's, like, really tall compared to um, the actress playing Katie, There's this really funny... See, this episode, I actually really like this episode because I feel like they put the jokes that I loved from the first generation, they put that kind of twisted sense of humor into this episode, too, because Panda's trying to get to Effie in the hospital, and they have the group of everyone bouncing on these bouncy balls across the field, and panda is like forced to get on this bouncy ball so she starts bouncing towards effie and then the counselors are like chasing after panda on the bouncy balls and it's just so funny and effie and katie are laughing watching and it just made me smile like i just love this scene so much and so panda brought these like instruments and she wrote a song for effie she's such a good friend and They sort of are like, Panda, what are you doing at first? But then they get into it, and she plays this really cute song, and it's just very heartwarming. All the girls supporting Effie. Back at Naomi's house, we see who Cook has been hooking up with. This girl Arcia, which, oh my god, that name And she looks like the Walmart version of Effie. Like, if you were really drunk, which I'm sure Cook was, and you squinted and you looked at Arcea, you'd be like, yeah, that looks like Effie. And she's not anything like Effie, though, because she's disgusting and loud and rude and, like, just totally not Effie's mannerisms at all. So we are not led to like Arcea too much. She's just like shitting her pants in the bathroom so loudly while everyone's disgusted. Somehow Foster has weaseled his way back into working with Effie. I guess what I would think is that because he set it up so that it looks like Freddie left, then he's kind of saying, well, Effie, like, I'm the only one who's here for you since Freddie's gone, so... You really need me now. Which makes me think I've been watching the show You recently and the whole plot with, like, Dr. Nikki and the... There's a very similar parallel storyline, although the therapist in that show doesn't actually do anything wrong, but they kind of play off this idea of, like, oh, what if the therapist was in love with the patient and obsessed and trying to, like, isolate the patient from all their friends and family so they could have them all to themselves? And I just think it's really interesting that I'm watching that at the same time as watching this. So watch you if you want to watch something totally terrifying and different from Skins. It's really creepy. But good drama if you're into the drama. And Foster's being so fucking creepy. He's just like, you could be something that I'm proud of. He's so weird with Effie and I'm so pissed that he weaseled his way back into her life. We kind of just flash back and forth between the hospital and Naomi's house in this episode, and so Karen goes to Naomi's to try to find Effie, uh, to, sorry, try to find Freddie, and she sees Thomas outside, and those two have, like, a little bit of an interaction, which is kind of sweet. <laughs> Karen tells him, I know I don't belong here with you guys because I'm into all these things that you're not into, and... She gives this whole list, and it's really cute. She's like, I'm into, you know, Kelly Clarkson and Hannah Montana and all these wholesome, cute things. Then there's this really out-of-pocket scene that was cracking me up, but that's Pandora and Katie on the bus. And I do not remember this at all, but I saved it and sent it to my friends because I thought it was so funny that Katie's like, you look happy. And Pandora goes, I do? I do. I'm suicidal, obviously, and sort of just dreamily looks out the window again. And I'm sorry, but it's so funny to me. So everyone is congregating at Naomi's and JJ shows up with the baby. It seems that things have worked out with him and Lara because he's taking care of the little baby still. And it gets a little awkward when Naomi calls Arcia Effie and Cook's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Why would you do that? And then he's like, oh, yeah, you do look like Effie, huh? <laughs> so we realized that Arcia definitely was just the sad Cook-Effie stand-in. Karen yells at Cook to go find Freddie because she's like, this is your fucking job. If you really cared about him, you would want to go find him. She hands Cook Freddy's journal that she found earlier that's full of just pages and pages and pages of freddie writing i love her i love her i love her over and over and over again which like please find someone to love me that way oh my god but anyway cook falls to his knees and he's just screaming at the sky like so do i he loves effie and He's got to go try to find Freddy. I mean, we know that he's not going to find Freddy because we know that Freddy got bludgeoned with a baseball bat in the last episode. So what they're thinking versus what we know are two very different things, but we're just going to operate from where the characters are and what they know. In Naomi's house, she's, like, totally sloshed, and nothing's been resolved with her and Emily. She's still just, like, getting drunk and trying to brush everything off. JJ's a good boy and senses that things are getting weird, so he pieces out with the baby, which is good. Good boy, JJ. And I don't know... Katie and Thomas have, like, devised this plan that Thomas is going to sexually teach Katie French to make Panda jealous and make Panda, like, beg for him back, which seems like a pretty bad plan to me. And it doesn't work because Panda's sitting outside the door. They're all at Naomi's house, and Thomas is asking Katie things in French, like, how many kisses are we going to have? And Panda just, like, gets up and walks away. She also has this Page that's full of A grades that we haven't seen since she got her exam grades in the last episode. We just saw that she got a C, but apparently she got all A, so maybe that's why she's been a little bit in, like, happy, daisy land. Katie and Thomas end up having this weird chemistry, and they kiss again, and... It kind of is, like, in that episode where they kissed in the bathtub, and we're just like, why did that happen? Why is this happening again? Why? Are we supposed to ship Katie and Thomas? Because I don't. And he kind of says the same thing to her, which is like, oh, you're so beautiful, you're such a good woman, and... I don't know. Whatever. I guess Katie and Thomas have, like, a weird sexual chemistry that occasionally pops up and then we just forget about it again cook's looking through freddy's journal and he sees on one page amidst all the i love her i love her i love hers there's one part in bold letters that says john foster wants to hurt her and it's impressive that Freddie had that intuition because we don't know him as a very intuitive character not to speak ill of the dead rest in peace Freddie, but like his intuition was spot on with foster maybe just because he cares about effie so much he like has this sort of sense about protecting her or something but it's interesting to see that so i think cook is starting to piece together like okay freddie's missing he was really suspicious of this doctor maybe that's a clue as to something that happened and why freddie's gone thomas running again there's a song we're coming up by the dirty epics which i feel like i heard that song so much in 2014-ish times on like tumblr <laughs> and so check out that song if you want throw throwback like i said it's we're coming up by the dirty epics you'll recognize it when you hear it maybe hopefully Uh, The cops show up because Arcia called the fucking cops on Cook for kicking her out. And since he's on the run, she's trying to get him, like, arrested again. So, cool! Awesome, Arcia! You're a cool chick. She kind of sucks. So the cops show up and... I don't know. Cook just runs out the back window because obviously he's not about to get caught so easily. Also, at some point in these scenes, uh, Thomas talks with the track coach and they talk about how Thomas could go to university, even if he like got expelled and doesn't have the grades for it, how there's opportunities for athletes. So it kind of plants a seed into our heads of like, maybe Thomas is going to go to university for track. That would be nice. It would be good to see him have somewhat of a bright future ahead of him. While Cook's running away from the cops, he goes into the shed, and much to his surprise, Effie's in there, even though we thought she was in the hospital. And it's Freddie's birthday, so they just start talking about, like, what do we do? Where the fuck is Freddie? Effie says that she just wants closure on why he would leave. Like, why would Freddie? she feels abandoned, why would he abandon her? And so Cook decides to give her the journal, and she sees all of the affection and love that Freddie had for her, and it's just not making sense. Like, Freddie loves her so much, why would he just leave? And especially because she thinks it's because of her mental health. Like, she thinks that, oh, I'm just too crazy, so he left because he can't handle it. And clearly that's not true, because all he was doing was, like, writing about how much he adores her. JJ finds Cook and Effie in the shed, and Panda also shows up, and we find out that Panda's going to Harvard on a history scholarship. So that's just kind of happening. (laughs) These two episodes are so bizarre, because it's, like, so much happens. But it's almost like there's too much happening to the point that we don't really get any explanations as to why, which I feel like is a shortcoming of this generation overall, is just like things happen and we don't really know why. We have no insight into why Pandora would go to Harvard, but I guess that's happening. They decide to have a party to celebrate Freddie's birthday because they think that's what he would have wanted. And it's, like, this weird, cute scene where Cook and Karen and maybe JJ, I think? I don't remember, there was one other person who, like, did this synchronized dance together in the shed while they're having this party and just trying to be positive, I guess. It's very bizarre that everyone just goes to the shed and does a synchronized dance. I'm a little confused about the whole thing, but that's what happens. Flashback to Naomi, and she's just at home, in bed, looking miserable, laying there, and she decides to get up, and she goes to the shed to find Emily, and in front of everyone, she finally confesses her love, and, like, makes a sincere apology, and finally seems to actually be vulnerable with Emily, and she says that she got them tickets to Goa, and there's this really good line where she just says, I didn't want to be a slave to the way I feel about you. And it's pretty emotional. I think it's like good closure for Naomi and Emily to have this nice scene and they kiss and it's like all good for a minute with them, which is some relief because they've been such miserable little fucks for so long. And I'm so tired of the like sad lesbian of it all. And then they really party, and they get lit, and they have a good time. Outside, John Foster fucking walks by, and Cook sees him and starts following him. Panda and Thomas are talking amongst themselves in the shed, and they realize... Well, Panda realizes that they're both going to Harvard. She doesn't tell Thomas right away, but he says, like oh, Panda, I'm going to this university that's so far away. And she just says, oh, that sounds cool. (laughs) But they're both going to Harvard. It's like kind of a happy ending for a lot of the characters, which is a little suspicious. Obviously, Freddy's fucking dead. So like, that's not a happy ending for him. But it's nice to see Naomi and Emily and Panda and Cook have this like cute little future thing that could work out. But yeah, then we cut back to Cook, and he's, like, in Foster's house, and he finds the bag of bloody clothes, and it's giving me you vibes, again, the show you, of just, like, the murder evidence. And Cook gets into this argument with Foster, and Foster says that he wants Effie, and it's like, fuck off, you're a creepy old man who's a murderer! and cook is like oh you got the wrong fucking dude because i'm cook i'm useless i'm nothing he has nothing to lose and he's gonna fuck foster up so at the end of this episode is cook just throwing himself at foster and screaming i'm cook <laughs> and it's amazing and we don't get any resolution until season seven and we find out what happens at that point but yeah crazy two episodes I feel like they could have just been one big episode so I'm happy that I did them together because there's not like too much deep content to get into it's just kind of like this happens and then this happens and then that's just it so oh my god so much happens Freddy's fucking dead. Like, I feel as if that's just the one thing that we all have to just fixate on and be like, well, Freddy's dead. So... Everyone else, I guess, is gonna be fine. When's Effie gonna find out that he's dead? And is Cook gonna fucking kill Foster? Because, again, we find out in the later season. So I'm glad that for season seven they picked Effie and Cook because they have such unresolved stories at this point. And yeah you would be left wondering like okay so what happens next so very exciting very interesting I would love to hear your guys thoughts because I only have so much of my own opinions (sighs) okay how do I feel about Pandora and Thomas I think they could have a cute future together at Harvard away from everyone else I think Naomi and Emily are, like, not gonna work out, but I'm happy that they could at least be friends, maybe, because I think they make really cute friends, but I just think they have too much negative history to actually make it work as a relationship. I think that Effie will find out about Freddie, and then she and Cook are gonna have some insane shit happening, and I think JJ i guess we'll just date this girl laura for a while i think jj's gonna be fine he's just gonna be jj so i think that's everybody those are my predictions those are my thoughts and opinions and yeah like i said i'd love to hear your guys thoughts and opinions as well you can message at oh wow the podcast on instagram and i upload on youtube as well i actually caught up with all that so that's great and like i said to get into the third generation season five i'm going to wait until after the holidays because i need a mental break (laughs) and i also tend to work a lot during the holidays so it would just be a lot of chaos so we'll be back i'm thinking like mid-january unless i get really bored before then and i want to pick it back up sooner but definitely after new year's so keep an eye out Have a great holiday season, and happy New Year's, and everything like that. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we made it through season four! Like, it's kind of been torture for me, in case you can't tell. I actually genuinely like season five a lot better, and I don't hate the cast as much as a lot of people- a lot of people, like, hate the third generation, but I actually- secretly like them. So I'm actually excited for that to start. And yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. See you guys in January. Thanks. Bye.